realize when you are up here that sometimes your mind goes blank. And y'all making fun, you know, because what if you came up here, you'd probably do the same thing, right? Thank you, Livingstone, again for your great leading us to the time of worship. We're now going to just watch our video on our series at this time. So. Last week, how many can remember what we, we looked at for the first chapter of Nehemiah, we talked about Nehemiah being where? In the right place at the right time. God had a purpose for him being where he was at. You know, and, and now Nehemiah gets the word in chapter 1. Where does he get the word? That the what? The wall is down. The wall is broken down. Um, it's on fire. And tonight we want to look at against the wall. And if you're going to look at the second, the second chapter, so if you have your Bible, you can look at the second chapter. But in part one of the series, we started talking about Nehemiah. We learned that Nehemiah's family from Jerusalem, but along with most of the nation, they had been transported to another place during the war. And that's why Nehemiah ended up in Persia, serving a foreign king. And remember last week, the last part of verse, uh, the last uh, verse, chapter one, it said this, Nehemiah, what? Cupbearer of the king. You know, we need to understand exactly before we look a little further to what the cupbearer did. Anyone know what the cupbearer did? They had to taste everything before the king drank it. Now, you know what that means, right? If it's poison, see ya. You know? <laughs> um, but he'll see ya. He'll save the king's life, right? So anyway, you ever, how many of you have ever been so hungry sometimes and you say, you know what, I want to I want to try this, but you know, because I don't want no one else to get poisoned, so I just want to take a little piece of it just so make sure nobody else gets poisoned. Everyone ever been there? You know, you're very hungry. Yeah, you say, you know, I just want to make sure y'all don't y'all don't die tonight, and you know nothing's going to really happen. But because you're so hungry, you just say, you know what? I actually did tonight, by the way. So I'm going to give you honest with you. The cracked chicken, I just took a little piece before and make sure nobody died because I was very hungry when it came and it was nice and hot. But that's what the king, that's what the cupbearer did. The cupbearer made sure that the king would not die when he drank his drink because, of course, if the cupbearer took the drink and he saw it in the king's arm, like, uh, you know, then that means don't drink. But tonight, we want to look at chapter 2 as Nehemiah is planning to go to Jerusalem to check out the whole scene and to see what's going on. So the main point tonight is this. Step out and let God step up. You see, sometimes what happens to us 
is we get comfortable in our Christian faith and we think, you know what? I'm right here. You know, I'm comfortable. I don't want to, you know, overexert myself. You know, no one's, um, you know, no one's talking about me. No one's persecuting me. I'm comfortable right here. I'm going to stay right here. And that's what Nehemiah could have done. Because Nehemiah already left Jerusalem. So it, didn't really, it was like, you know what? Why I got to go back there? But he, his heart was there. Because that's where his family and his people are from. We have to remember, Nehemiah never went to Jerusalem before this. Because his family was scattered and, and they didn't, he just heard about it. So here it is, we're going to look at chapter 2. And we've got to remember again as we think of this. Again, Nehemiah, the position he's put in. And we're going to look at it as we go through it. Chapter 2, verses 1. In the month of Nisan, the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, I don't know how you pronounce that, but when wine was before him, anyone who said it? Yeah, okay. When wine was before him, listen, when wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence. And the king said to me, Why is your face sad, seeing you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of the heart. Then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the, the place of my father's graves lies in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, What are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven. I asked for the good hand of my God was upon me. I want to start there for a second. If you remember last week in chapter 1, when Nehemiah heard about the, the, the wall of Jerusalem, what was the first thing he did? Pray. Again, we see, what, he, what does he do again? He prays. Ask God for wisdom. You know, I think too many times what happens is we try to do it on our own and we realize, you know what? We fail and then we want to pray. Instead of going to God first and asking Him to help us. You know, I want you to think for a second uh, uh, before we go on and just think for a second. How many of you have ever had a research paper or any type of project that when the teacher gave it to you, you realized to yourself, you know what? It ain't no way I could do this. Anyone ever been there? You're like, how am I going to do this? You know what? It's no way I'm going to get this done. And we know how we are in school. We procrastinate. You know, we um, had the project for, we knew, we knew it was due at the end of, you know, this is April. It was due at the end of April. But we already knew about it, knew about it but January when school started again. But because this is the last week, we have the pressures on. And we're like, how am I going to get done? I will never forget when I was in the sixth grade at Kingsway Academy, the best school in the Bahamas, right? <laughs> anyway, all right. <laughs> anyway, at Kingsway Academy, I had a, a project, and I'm going to get beat up afterwards, but anyway. Um, we had a project where we had to learn about the, all the family islands of the Bahamas. And I knew about this for like months. But it was the weekend before, and I remember telling my mom, Mom, I need to go and um, try to find some research, try to get some um, research on this, on all the family islands. She says, when is the project due? I said, it's due on Monday. This was about Friday. I said, it's due on Monday. And says, and the teacher just gave it to you, and you had to get all this done by that? I said, no, um, we knew um, about a couple months ago. And she's like, you knew a couple months ago, and now you want to... Try to attempt to do a, a so much page essay and all this project had to get, you know, because we want to get pictures, you know, we get all the information to make that project look good and you don't do pictures no more. 
Only e pictures, right? This was before the age of the internet, by the way. All right, where I could just go online and type it out. I had to go and get um. How many of y'all ever seen the What to Do on um, Bahamian books? They don't even make them anymore, do they? Oh, I'm old. I'm showing my age right now. Anyway, but there was a What to Do books which showed you the different family lines, what to do, and I remember going there and being able to cut out, got a couple of those, cut out the pictures, and anyway, after a lot of stress on my mom and myself, I did get the project done, and I think I got a good grade. Right now, I don't really matter because it's all over. But yeah, give me a hand, Justin. Thank you. But here it is. Nehemiah is going to look at a project. He's going to go look at a wall and think to himself, you know, how am I going to get this done? And it goes, and he says this. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's grave, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, how long will you be gone? And when will you return? So I pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. And I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let letters be given to the governors of the providence beyond the river, that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates, for the fortress of the temple, and for the wall of the city, and the house that I shall occupy. And the king granted me what I asked for, for the good hand of my God was upon me. Now let me just say this, because we need to understand just how important a wall is. The wall in Jerusalem meant that that secured them, that, you know, that was their protection. You know, that was like, without the wall, anyone could come in and attack them. That was like their fortress. That was like their whole protection was a wall. I remember a couple years ago, um, Tamsin and myself, we went to Brazil for a, a mission trip. And, um, you know... The first thing that this church needed us to do before they could even start to build anything was to build a wall around it. Why? Because if they didn't build a wall around the church, people could come in and steal all the blocks, come and steal all the, the different equipment they had. You know, and, and that's just, I know, and I know what y'all thinking because, you know, they just hop over the wall. But that wasn't, I'm sure this wall was a very high wall that's not like what we think today. But this is what they had to do in Brazil. We had to build a whole wall before they even started to build anything. Because they were scared that people were coming and steal all the stuff. That's how important a wall was. That's how important a wall was to a city. You know, this is their protection. This is where they, you know, they find their refuge and, and they feel secure. Because the wall is what protects. And this is what Nehemiah is asking to do. Verse 9. Verse 9. Oh. Uh. oh. The wrong video, and uh, I know it. All right, all right. If you have your bio, we can just look at it. I am going to read it, so listen please. Verse 9 says, And I came to the governors of the province beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent with me officers of the army and horsemen. 
But when Sabalat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite servant heard this, it displeased them greatly that someone had come to seek the welfare of the people of Israel. So I went to Jerusalem and was there three days. Then I rose at night and, I, and, I, and a few men with me. And I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There was no animal with me, but the one which I rode. Verse 13. I went out by night, the valley, the gate to Dragon Spring, and the Dung Gate. And I inspected the walls of Jerusalem that were broken down and its gates that had been destroyed by fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate in the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal that was under me to pass. Then I went up in the night by the valley and inspected the wall, and turned back and entered by the valley gate, and so returned. Verse 16. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing, and I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, and the rest who were where to, to the work. Again, we see Nehemiah is going to inspect everything. He's getting a plan. He's under, he wants to know, what do I have to do? And we know that God has already shown him. This is what God has put in his heart. And now he's inspected it. He's inspecting what to do. He is stepping out. He is stepping out when everything else is probably against him. When these officers, all these people, and we will look as we go on in this particular book, we will see just the opposition that Nehemiah had to build this wall. Let me add a question. When people come up against you, when people talk about you because you stand up for your faith, or people are, are talking about you because, you know what, you want to praise God, or you want to do this thing or that thing, you want to be on your own, how do you respond? Do you respond in a way that you say, you know what, you know what, I, I'm going to give up. I, I don't want to step out. I want to be with the crowd. I want to follow everybody else because you know what? If I follow everyone else, I'm comfortable. If I follow everybody else, it's easy. If I follow everybody else, no one's going to really talk about me. Everybody's going to be there with me. But I know the minute that I step out on my own, people are going to talk about me. It's going to get uncomfortable going to get hard. You see, God put this task in Nehemiah's heart to go and look at the wall, inspect it, to do. And I think too many times God tells us to do things, but yet we don't listen. Yet we are scared, afraid. And I think, again, as we think of this, Nehemiah is getting prepared. Nehemiah didn't just go on a whim one day and say, you know what, I want to go try and build this wall and you know, I could do it all by myself. I don't know about you, but I'm not a handyman. You could ask my wife, she could tell you I'm definitely not a handyman. You know, I know there's many times when I use a level. I know sometimes wall could be crooked too, right? But I've used a level and thought, well, you know what, it's as straight as could be. Then when I realized, you know what, I come back, it's slanting this way, you know, it's, it's off. And I think Nehemiah understood, you know what, I need to prepare myself. I need to make sure exactly what God wants me to do. Not saying that he wasn't going to listen, because he listened. He did exactly what God wanted to do. And I think sometimes for us, again, I think we, God tells us to do things. 
but we're scared. We're worried. We're afraid of what our friends are going to say to us. In verse 17 it said, Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned. Come, let us build a wall of Jerusalem that we may long, no longer suffer derision. And I told them, verse 18, And I told them with the hand of my God that had been upon me for good, and also the words that the king had spoken to me, and they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. But when Sambalat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite servant and Gesem and the Arab heard of it, they jeered us and despised us and said, What is this thing that you are doing? Are you rebelling the king? We see it right here. They are saying, Look, are you out of your mind? Do you understand what you are doing? I mean, you're rebelling against the king. You know, I think, again, as we talked about last week, you know, we too many times, we respect our parents. We have a fear of our parents. We, we're afraid of them. We're afraid of discipline from them. We worry about what they think. But the question for us tonight in this room who call ourselves believers is this. Do we care of what the Father thinks? Do we care what our Heavenly Father thinks about us? And you know what? To be honest, I think for a lot of us, even myself at times, I would say we don't care. We don't fear Him that we should. We don't step out and let God do it. I think too many times we just like this comfortable life. You know, we don't live in China where you can die for your faith. We live here in the Bahamas where almost everybody knows the gospel. Everybody's heard it. Everybody knows that Jesus died for them and rose again. But the question for me and you tonight as believers is this. Are we living that? Are me and you living a life that shows that we believe that God died for us and that He's alive today? But I can tell you one thing. If we did, we would live differently. We would be different. We wouldn't worry about what the crowd is saying. We wouldn't worry about when the people are jeering us and saying, <laughs> you see him over there? <laughs> well, he, he, he's a freak now. He, you know, he just, he's one of them people who just like Jesus and he does all, you know, go to church all the time and that's all he cares about. And you know what? That's a good thing. Because at the end of the day when we leave this place, when we stand before God, we're going to have to answer for all that we did on this earth. You know, and I think too many times we let the crowd dictate our lives, what we do. So as we see in the last verse, then I replied to them, verse 20. Then I replied to them, the God of heaven will make us prosper, and we as certain will arise and build what you have no portion or right or claim in Jerusalem that was under me to pass. So here it is. He says, look, I'm ready. I'm ready to build. I'm ready to get going. I might be against the wall because you people are jeering me and talking about me, but guess what? I worry about what God thinks. I'm ready to step out. I'm ready to let God do what He has to do. Are you tonight? 
Can you honestly say, you know what? I'm willing to do whatever it is God wants me to do, no matter what someone says about me. You know, I know so many times as a teenager, um, just, you know, being so afraid of what others thought. Being so afraid of what my friends would say about me. And I wasted so much of my life worrying about what other people thought about me. What about you tonight? Are you wasting your life? Worrying about what the other people think? Are you worried about what God thinks? So how do we apply this tonight? Well, first of all, we need to step out and let God step up. We need to let God step up in our life. Let God be seen in our lives. Let, let's take off our flesh and let us try to let strive to be more like Christ. You know, until we come to that day when we stand before God and we are out of these earthly bodies, yes, we will continue to struggle with sin. We will continue to struggle with the flesh. But you know we, what helps us to fight against it is when we study God's Word, when we're in constant communication with Him in prayer. That's what helps us. We have to think, talk, plan, and move. Again, as, as we think of even a research paper, the first thing we want to try to do is what? You think about the topic. You want to plan your material. You want to see what you could, you know, what you have to come together. And then you move. You go into action. You type it out. You do what you can do. The same thing here, what Nehemiah is doing. He think about it. He talked to God. He's planning. And as we will see later on in this in this book, in Nehemiah chapter six, we see him move. We see the result of building the wall. The future of Nehemiah's people changed because Nehemiah took the first step. You see, we need to recognize tonight that we can't expect our friends to step up unless we're willing to step up. Unless we're willing to take that first step. Are you willing to take that first step? Are you ready? Are you concerned about what your friends say? Let me tell you something. This is probably the hardest thing for a teenager to realize. Because we want to be popular. We want to be accepted. We want the crowd to like us. We want everybody to like us. I don't think there's no one in this room tonight who would say, you know what, I want people to hate me. I really don't care what people think about me, you know. No one would think that. But guess what, if we had our heart right with God, and recognize that you know what? This is only a pa- we're only passing through here. But we live in a heavenly life, looking up to Christ. Our attitude would be a lot different. We would think a different, a whole different way. Dreams don't just appear. Often, our big dreams are the result of God at work in our hearts, prompting us to help people. You see, we need to recognize something. Because I think too many times we think, you know what, I can't do this. I can't do that. And let me just say, there are some things that you definitely cannot do. You can't go jump off the bridge and think, oh yeah, I'm going to jump off the bridge and still live. You know, that's not a big dream. You know, that's not a dream to, to, you know. How many of you have ever had that dream when you've fallen off a cliff and you just suddenly wake up? Yeah, everyone's had that? Yeah. So that would definitely not be something you would want to do. All right? But listen, listen, listen. God may be asking you, 
to do something simple in your school. God may be asking you to do something simple in your neighborhood, as we talked about last week. Remember, last week as we talked about, God has placed you where you are at for His purpose. The last point of how we can apply this is this. Start with one step. You have to start with one step. There's no person in this world, I don't care how even good as a uh, person, no one came out of the mother's womb and all of a sudden just jumped up and started to walk. You know, there's no one who did that. Everybody starts with one step. And you know what? It's all for us in our Christian walk as well. Sometimes it takes one step. One step away from the crowd. One step closer to Jesus. But the question is this. Are you willing to step out and let God step up? Again, as we continue and as we look at the book of Nehemiah, we will see more of just the opposition that Nehemiah had. And it didn't matter to him. Do you know why? Because he had God on his side. You know, we sang a song tonight, nothing can separate us from God's love. Do we believe that? Do we live that way? I challenge you tonight, if you never accepted Christ as your Savior, that tonight would be the night that you would take that step closer to Christ. And if you'd like to know more about that, you could talk to one of your leaders in small group or pull me aside. You know, recognize that, you know what, any life away from Christ is a wasted life. Nothing else matters. We're just passing through here. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for all that you have done for us. And we pray tonight, as even we go in our small groups, pray that you would open up our hearts. Pray, Father, as we discuss, Father, that you would just help us to apply this word, that we won't just be hearers tonight, but we be doers. We just thank you and we praise you for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.